Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry and of course this is my co-host. My name is Chris Huddleston. And today we are both very excited to be talking to you about an animated feature. The Dark Knight Returns, part one and two. Oh no, a dose. Tonight marks the 10th anniversary of the last sighting of the Batman. All units, robbery in progress, Gotham City Trust. They call us a gang. Only when they die by our hands will they know Gotham City belongs to the mutants. What the hell is that? Here and face me like a man. What's your name? Carrie Kelly. Robin. She's smart. Brave. She's perfect. These are scary times, Bruce. It's just random violence. The war goes on. I will tear him limb from limb! He's in his prime. He'll kill you. I will show you who rules Gotham City. I'm not finished yet. Ah! You just crippled that man! He's young. He'll walk again. Do you have a synopsis for us for both parts, Mr. I do. I don't know if this synopsizes the whole thing, but who cares? It doesn't. That's okay. Yeah. (laughs) So this is a really brief one. Batman has not been seen for 10 years. A new breed of criminal ravages Gotham City, forcing 55-year-old Bruce Wayne back into the cape and cowl. But does he still have what it takes to fight crime in a new era? So this is, it's animated, so. You know that, you know know what I like about that is it leaves you, it doesn't tell you the whole story. What I don't like about that is there's a lot going on in these two films that I think if you hinted it, at least some of it, it would pique interest, right? Oh, sure, sure, yeah. So we can do that as we we go on. Yeah, as we talk about the film. You have the main voice, you have Peter Weller as Batman, you have Bruce Wayne, you have, Ariel Winter as Robin, and then a bunch of other people that are voice actors that I don't know who they are. So I don't, I don't want to give them short shrift or whatever. But all right, so I, I think this is the third time that I watched this. So, but you had this was the first time for you, right? I think so. I might have watched part of it a while back because there was something uh, when I heard when I was like, oh, it's Peter Weller, mm-hmm. his voice, and then I, I thought wait a minute, have I seen this? Or maybe I saw a part of it. There's a lot going on in these two movies. And um, as you as you mentioned last time when you recommended we check them out, um, there is a lot from um, the Dark Knight trilogy that uh, Christopher Nolan did that I feel like is pulled some of it almost directly from this Mm -hmm. Um, and certainly a lot of tonal elements um, certain set pieces or shots you know not everything is in there but he has a fight so in the first movie Gotham City has been kind of overrun by a band uh, a gang calling themselves the mutants whose boss looks like a big mutant I don't know if he um, but there's a lot, they, they have a fight that is very reminiscent of the Bane fight in the Nolan movies to me, um, where Batman kind of gets his clock cleaned. Um, and then the second movie, it's the Joker. Uh, and I guess Two-Face comes into the second movie as well, right? Mm-hmm. But it's this idea of Batman is getting old. Um, and he's not as fast as he used to be. And 
you know, he's not recovering from the beatings he takes. Um, his Batmobile is a huge armored tank thing that I think is kind of reminiscent of a lot of Nolan's hardware mm-hmm. that he gives Batman. And of course, in the second movie, we have a Batman versus Superman that I think is pulled right from the DC films. Well, what was called Batman versus Superman, right? Mm-hmm. They clearly use that. He he builds a metal suit to fight Superman, and they use that in the Batman versus Superman film. And of course, we spoil all of this. So uh, if you didn't, if you're new to the podcast and you don't want us to spoil everything here, then turn it off. But and he beats him. He beats Superman with some trickery, mm-hmm. right? Mostly because Superman doesn't really want to kill Batman. Like he's reluctant to kill Bruce Wayne on the orders. This was another thing on the orders of Ronald Reagan, the whole thing that felt very Watchmen to me, didn't it? Yeah. Where the president is sort of Superman sort of works for the United States now, which felt wrong to me. Mm -hmm. The idea of him as a U.S. agent instead of just some like Superman. The character seems morally above that to me like especially since reagan is ordering him to do some almost mob style you know what i mean like he's just a hitman kind of for reagan i'm like that superman would do that yeah but it him working for the united states you know that goes back to the truth justice and the american way you know and even I don't the, because I didn't follow DC Comics, but tell me about it. Well, that just that was the uh, I think maybe they used that even in like old cartoons and things like that. But that was kind of the original thing was I, I don't know how much in the comics it was actually working for the president, but it was clearly he was American. You know, he wasn't really like the world's uh, hero or whatever necessarily. And, and even in the first um I don't know if it's the first or I think it's the first Christopher Reeve movie. There's a part where it's been so long since I've seen that, but like part of the White House gets destroyed or something like that. And he goes in and he's he has a big American flag and he says something to the president and stuff, you know. So they've played off of that. Oh, right. He puts the flag, mounts it back on the White yeah, House, yeah. right? He, 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 right, he yeah. puts the flag back. I forgot all about that. Yeah, so they've always done that to a degree, but that's what I think. So uh, to give a little more context on where this came from. So this was a a comic or graphic novel uh, written and drawn by Frank Miller, and it came out in 1986. And like you were saying, you know, almost everything starting from the 89 Batman of Tim Burton, all of the films have have definitely been heavily influenced by this. I don't know about the newest one, the Batman. I don't, I don't know how much it was influenced, but, but like we said, you have the, the Batman versus Superman, you have the, um, and just even the, you know, this was kind of the beginning of Batman comics being really dark um, or it was, you know, around this time, maybe the, like the mid eighties where that all started. But the thing that's cool about this is, and I, I, I read the, the Dark Knight Returns sometime in the 90s, like maybe the mid-90s or something like that. So like 10 or so years after it came out. But this is a direct adaptation where, I mean, the artwork is as close as possible to what, you know, as they could to what the gravel graphic novel looks like. And I didn't really go in and check to see if there were changes that were made, but you know, like you said, it's Reagan in, in it. And there's uh, there's one, uh, so these, there become these kind of different factions of gangs. And there's one gang leader who's a woman called Bruno. Oh, right. She runs around without a top and has swastikas over her breasts. And it's like, that was something they could have been like, yeah, maybe we're not going to put this in, but it's like, you know, they were just like, we are going to be as true as possible you know, to which I think is really cool. And it's um, funny because she's this swastika, obviously a uh, German Nazi symbol, mm-hmm. but otherwise she and her gang look like um, Red Army 
Yeah. Like she's, yeah, they do. she's got the blonde crew cut. She looks like Ivan Drago, basically, but yeah, a, she but looked, a woman with the red like, gloves uh, and everything in the, in the army. She looks green like Brigitte pants. Nielsen from, yes. from yes. Uh, Rocky Four. And none of that would have been accidental, right? No. I mean, that would have all been very deliberately, but but there was a lot going on with the like mm-hmm. there were a lot scare of, and the Nazi scare. And the... There were a lot of, um, you know, I think all the time uh, it, it's amazing. I guess like if you live long enough, just everything just continually repeats, you know, is everything just on like a 30 year loop or something? You know, I've thought about that just, just in general with like just world events. It's, it's like, yeah around the time when this came out when we were kids it was like what were we worried about the russians and nuclear war you know and it's like ah we're back to russians and nuclear war again and also you know at the, at the time a a uh, a villain or a gang member or whatever with swastikas would have seemed kind of ridiculous then because it's just like oh there aren't nazis anymore and it's like hey we've got nazis again <laughs> you know what i mean but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of commentary that he seems to be making in this um he definitely you know it's just like and and they seem to do this with every iteration of batman and in the new the batman it's the same way but it's just society, you know, it's Gotham City. But I think for Frank Miller, Gotham City is kind of, is society as a whole. And he seems to just be saying, just everything's just going to hell. It's just terrible. And it's just crime everywhere and everything. And you have, um, you have a few scenes with the Joker in, so he's, you know, been in treatment for years and years in Arkham Asylum. And, he has this psychiatrist who is this real just like bleeding heart guy. And, um, you know, he's treating the Joker with compassion and like thinks he's cured and all of this. And, and Frank Miller definitely seems to be saying they're like, this is idiotic. You know, this is a deranged. Takes takes him on a talk show, takes him out of Arkham. (laughs) So he could go do Conan or whatever yeah, yeah. and it's it, literally it's not going but it is conan's voice it is conan's voice yeah and then the joker kills that guy kills everybody coffee mug yeah he kills yeah. everybody so you know he he definitely seems to have um some views on crime and rehabilitation and things like that uh also with reagan um it's funny because there's one uh there's one I made a note of the line because I thought it was really funny, but there's one part where Reagan is addressing the public. It's like Russia has, Russia has invaded some country and, you know, the United States is maybe going to intervene or or whatever. And Reagan says, we have to protect our interests. And then he goes, I mean, stand up for freedom, (laughs) you know? And so subtle. Yeah. Subtle. But, you know, he obviously, um, it's kind of interesting because in recent years, uh, some people kind of in the comic books industry and um, even fans got kind of upset with uh, Frank Miller with some of his political views um, because it seemed he'd gotten like real right wing. And I don't know specifically what uh, that was about, but, you know, he seems to be he doesn't seem to like Reagan very much, you know, so it's not necessarily like he was a right winger at the time. Right. Um, or it could just be uh, criticism of the government in general. I don't know, but, but I, I, I thought that line was really funny. And then you have, uh, I laughed, I, like, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or not, but there's one scene where, so Reagan basically tells Superman that he's going to have to deal with, with, uh, batman and so uh superman goes to to clark kent and he he's standing there with he has this white almost like a blouse on and it's unbuttoned all the way down and a bald eagle comes and lands on his arm (laughs) it's like that just cracked me up it's just like he's the ultimate symbol of 
you know, America and patriotism. And, and I, I just thought that was really funny. But that's really evocative of like Russian uh, pop art, propaganda mm-hmm. art too, that, you know, the kind of figure with the the bird and the open shirt, the kind of peasant shirt, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, sort of communist Superman, um, Ubermensch. Yeah. Uh, I guess Germany also. That's Germany. Um, yeah, Germany has the same stuff. Uh, every country uses their propaganda in a kind of a similar way. You know that there was a theme running through this where there were the Law and Order people were anti-Batman mm-hmm. because he's a vigilante and he's operating outside the law. And then the the defenders of Batman saying he's standing up. Right. I mean, the police here who condemn Batman haven't been able to get crime under control in this city. Um, and I think at one point, one character says, you know, if you if, if you went as hard after the criminals as you went after Batman, you know, it wouldn't be such a problem. But Batman is showing us that we can stand up for ourselves. We can we don't have to, like, sit here wringing our hands while the police are ineffective we can not take it anymore right and that's a debate that shows up again and again and um commissioner gordon retires and is replaced by a younger commissioner and she really has it in for batman um to the point where (laughs) she just opens fire on him like they spot him at this one place and she just you know, they go freeze and she just bam, 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 starts firing. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not standard procedure. Like he hasn't attacked them or anything. Yeah. Just shoot to kill. That's just how it's going. Well, he got the message. But I wonder if you if 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 people came down on on um Frank, uh, what's his face? Um Frank Miller. Miller, uh, for becoming too right-wing, it may be that that, the core of that, that is basically like, you know, you have to stand your ground, you have to, you know, you 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 have to take the law into your own hands. Like, I can see how the kernel of that might translate into something that... It's funny, because I don't understand, I don't understand uh, what conservatism has become in this country um i get that it's it's based on this like you have to you have to it's not worth anything if you don't do it for yourself like america is the greatest country because everybody has the opportunity but i pulled myself up by my bootstraps right which is absurd Mm -hmm. that's impossible it's cartoon logic Mm -hmm. um and everybody else should too and these entitlement programs uh, just make us want to be lazy, weak, um, you know, handout takers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, for me, there's just so many flaws with that that way of thinking that I, I can't get my head around it. But I will say now in these crazy, confusing times, all of the issues seem up in the air. And I think it's easier to see both sides of some issues. Not that there are very decent people on both sides per se, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that you can start to be like, well, wait a minute. I know some very decent people that espouse these things that I think mm-hmm. on the face of it is despicable. So what's, how'd that happen? Like what's really going on there? Cause I don't think they think of themselves as despicable people. No, nobody does. I you mean, know, so the... how are they, how are they seeing that as, the right and proper way forward mm-hmm. and and how do they see the things that i think i wouldn't describe myself as the most progressive person uh, on the planet but i'm generally progressive how how do they see i mean to them there's a radical arm of the left that is you know, as bad as Adolf Hitler, the marching socialism that want to turn America into, you know, communist Russia or something. And I don't see that at all. Like, I don't see how you make any kind of an argument out of 
even the most extreme proposals that people are, the most liberal proposals people are making doesn't approach that. No. At all for me. So I don't. No, not at all. And I think that's an interesting thing with this, this film and this book that it was written in the eighties, but I think those, um, those continuing scenes of these like t- uh, news talk shows where they're arguing and like you were talking about, you know, you have the two different sides are very true to what's going on today. And if there were, and if, if we had actual superheroes in real life, particularly a Batman type, a vigilante type guy, this would be exactly what some people would be saying. It'd be like, the police either won't do their job or they can't do their, you know, the police want to do their job, but their hands are tied by the mayors or whatever, the liberal mayors. And Batman can go out and do the stuff that, you know, that the, the, the authorities are either too scared to do or won't do because they'll get in trouble or whatever. I mean, just guaranteed there would be people, you know, Tucker Carlson would be saying that. It'd be like, Batman, he's, you know, he's great. He he kills, you know, he fights the bad guys and, the, you know, the cops aren't allowed to because Joe Biden won't let them or whatever. You well, know what generally, I mean? Batman doesn't kill people yeah, either, right? right? I, I mean, he I kind of misspoke the, with the killing, but... But in this, um, he does, right? Yeah, he does. Well, yeah. um, the, the Joker kind of kills himself, but doesn't he kill the mutant boss? I don't remember. He either kills him or he's you know, and he breaks a lot of bones and stuff. And he either, we don't really see what happens to them, but he either hurts or kills cops too later when they're, you know, when it's in that like tunnel of love and they open fire on him and he's throwing explosives at him and stuff. Like we don't know if, if they get killed or. Um, yeah. It, it actually degenerates into kind of open warfare in, yeah. in these movies, which I thought was interesting. Um, there's a lot of things here that push boundaries to me. There's a Robin character that I thought was really interesting. It's a it's a girl who is just sort of a fan, just sort of fills the role voluntarily. And rather than Batman saying, you know, get out of here, kid, you're going to get hurt, accepts her and like teaches her like, and, and Alfred is like, remember what happened to, Master Grayson or whatever, because apparently the Robin and this is a reality in which why he he quit being Batman was Robin got killed. Right. That actually happened in the in the the comics. Uh, I th- I think the Joker killed killed him. Um, so. so so that that's why he's retired and he's coming back now. Um, and in taking on a new Robin who. Although willing and volunteering is very young and it's edgy. You're, there's a number of times when they, in the show, it shows how dangerous what they're doing is. And you think, huh, I mean, that's a pretty strong stance to take because it's pretty, well, it's pretty irresponsible. You know, you take mm-hmm. a kid and you're like, all right, kid, you want to fight? I'll teach you how to fight. You're like, well, hang on a second. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What is she 13? I mean, you know, 16, well, maybe. Well, and also the fact, you know, I I don't remember at the time, because uh, like I said, I didn't really read this when it came out. It wasn't until years later that I read it. But I don't know if there was controversy back then about Robin being a girl, this this particular Robin being a girl. But it would be one of those things today where it would be like, Robin's a boy. This is you know, they're just giving in to the woke mob or whatever. And there was yeah, no right. woke mob in 1986, right. you know? So I think right. that's that, that didn't bother me. You know, the, the, what oh, I mean, bothered... it, it didn't bother me. I just think it's it's interesting that, you know, the hey people more than 30 years yeah. ago that he was like, oh, I'm going to have a, a girl be Robin. Um, in the original red and green and yellow outfit yeah. with the little mask, right? Yeah. But this Robin kicks ass. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, who trained you as a ninja? Like you were a school kid when we met you and then you got interested. You got inspired by Batman enough to go out and like start vigilanteing yourself like kick ass. But in short order, she's like 
taking out bad guys with just her fists and feet. And I'm like, you don't just know how to do that. <laughs> you know, that's some serious martial artistry. Yeah. I mean, I went with it fine, but I was just kind of yeah, like, that's where you get into some, did we some miss a montage logic. here or something? <laughs> uh anyway uh you know and then there was some other interesting stuff like the joker has a couple of poisonous robots that look like little kids i didn't understand mm -hmm. that in the least uh it seems strange to me but yeah and out of nowhere the joker also has like a guy in the chair like he's got this the guy who designs the robots and makes the poison he's like oh i've been waiting for you to get out <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah and he's out there fighting alongside of him like who is this guy <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if if some of that had been introduced in other comics i, I don't know but um but yeah but the you know we talked about the batman versus superman film and it, this is the thing and I, i've talked about this before but why with the films they've done so much taking bits and pieces from different, you know, different comics, different comic runs, different creators, when they could just adapt, like when they did Batman versus Superman, why did they not just do a straight adaptation of this comic? I mean, you could, you could have taken Reagan out of it and put it like a generic uh, president in it to make it, you know, 2000, 15 or whenever that movie came you know what i mean i i guess maybe i think it would have been Batman cool versus... if you kept it reagan like or yeah yeah i was watching well, I mean, part of inglorious bastards the other day and you know what happened i don't want to spoil that we're not doing that episode but that that ending defies history that i think even the uneducated are aware of, like that's not what happened <laughs> you know but it, it was it's enormously satisfying in the world that the movie creates and then you think sort of like I don't know. You're making a movie that's basically exploitation pulp. Like, why not have whatever happen you want? Like, what are movies about? Is our movies sort of about wish fulfillment in some way? And then you think early on, you're like, well, you can't have a different guy play Hulk. We already had him. What? Now there was like, how many eight Hulk movies? Like, I don't know. People don't care. Just make it, no. I don't know, make it better. Make it better than the other one. And people will watch it. And it, it works, especially like what DC is doing now where they're just where they're just like yeah we're just gonna have like seven different bat you know guys play batman just kind of one-offs we're just exploring yeah. the property in different different angles it's and working the comics always did that they had you know they right. changed writers all the time and artists there was no canon there was no, no you know because there were so many even simultaneously there would be different titles we'd be like batman dark yeah. knight the gray knight bat knight dark spider-man they had the amazing spider-man so many friendly neighborhood spider-man Spider yeah. yeah and all that and you have with this with the the style of uh frank miller his his art style everybody's like real blocky you know everybody kind of looks like a linebacker you know even like huge yeah, even the Joker. Yeah, the, the Joker. Joker to me was always a spindly guy, you know, yeah. a scarecrow he has these of a guy. Big wide shoulders, big. you know, this big back and everything. And so you have, you know, you you have Batman. Like I say, just very blocky. Every he's just like a big rectangle almost. Whereas the the Batman comics that I remember reading growing up as a kid. Batman was real lean and he had the, they, they had the, like in the seventies, it was the real long ears, you know, right. that were about a foot off of his, you know, I, I call them ears, you know, but the, the pointy part, like going up off the top of his head and everything. So ears, but um, yeah, ears. Um, but I, I like that uh, with the live action films that they're basically saying, ah, we're just going to do all these different, you know, we're it's multiverse stuff or whatever, but but the other hand of that, I don't know why it's just like, this is just already written for you. I mean, this, I, I think this is a really well-written and it's exciting, you know, um, and it's two and a half hours, but did you ever, did you feel like it was slow or draggy or anything? No, no. I mean, part of that's just that it's a cartoon. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to say my brain doesn't invest in it in the same way, but there is not the depth of detail mm -hmm. 
um, visual detail that in say um, the uh, Del Toro movies we've been watching. Sure. Like I feel like you could pause the frame in in the Del Toro in, in the psychiatrist's office, for example, and just examine all the stuff that's in that room and it's not mm -hmm. arbitrary you know there's nothing arbitrary in there so not that an animator doesn't do this but an animator and certainly in this film there isn't the detail you know that guy in the background might be wearing a watch but that guy in the background isn't necessarily important what's important the depth of importance is there's a guy in the background mm-hmm that just got out of the way. So the message is, oh, with this action of our protagonist or whatever, a bystander was almost killed. And maybe that bystander is dressed, you know, maybe it's a banker or maybe it's a homeless guy, but it doesn't go, it's not, there's no more depth of detail than that, mm -hmm. really. Yeah. And so it stays, it, it, it stays two-dimensional. Um, in a way that I think is just easier on my mind. I can sort of soak I know what you mean. Yeah, cool. I, I felt the same way. That said, I, I think this is um, is good animation. Um, you So BC, they make several of these a year. And, and not all are as good as others. Yeah, yeah. The, some the of them vocal are, performances are excellent too. I mean, yeah. I, I think Peter Weller's a, a great, I would never think of him a as bad. Really he good does choice, a great right? job. Great yeah. job. Yeah, he's excellent. All of the voice work in this is great. Every, um, the, I really liked Commissioner Gordon and the Joker. It's a different Joker from the Mark Hamill one that we've, you know, seen a lot. Um, yeah. It's the guy from Lost. I don't know yeah. if you watched Lost, but I did. With yeah, the sort of spectacles. Of he has this sort of a, hmm. And he and was really on that show. He was really infuriating on that a show. Really creepy guy. Bring yeah, some of that. Bring some of that to this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're not. You can tell that. Just, it's seemingly everybody who was involved with this wanted to do the comic justice. And like I say, it's there may be some small changes that they that they made that I just don't remember. But it's it's a really you know straight adaptation of that which again i don't know why they just don't do that yeah. with the live action movies yeah it's just like it just takes so much work away from you i mean you basically you know you barely would have to write a script you know yeah i'm not sure that everything in it would translate to live action no. i don't think those like poison raggedy Ann and raggedy andy robots work i, I don't and know it definitely doesn't work in the uh like you talked about with nolan the, the fight with the mutant is kind of like Bane, you know, Bane makes a lot more sense in the Nolan universe. If you had this mutant guy, he probably wouldn't look, he wouldn't have the jagged teeth and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, that just kind of doesn't fit in the, the Nolan universe. Um, you know, this, this is dark, but there are still some, you know, some of that is kind of silly with the, the mutants and, and things, although still kind of, you know, but they are, they are, a, they are a, a vicious and violent, uh, nihilistic gang. Like yeah. we, you don't see it, but the acts that they're clearly about to commit before being stopped are, um, just ice cold, not just murder, but like cruel and torturous rape, um, mutilation, you know, they're, they're just, one of their slice and dice is one of the things they yeah. say is this sort of it reminded me very much of the gang and uh, clockwork orange exactly just, yeah i i just definitely nihilism. think he was he was going for that for sure because they have this their own way of talking you know and yeah uh, so, so that was that was unsettling for sure mm -hmm. you're like somebody's got to stop these guys and it, everyone's so furious about batman but at least as it's shown in this movie he does seem to be the only one who's doing anything that's even remotely effective against stopping uh a scourge i mean there's it's an oh, yeah. army there it's not just a little rabble it's like every scene on the street there's a few of these mutant people hanging or like every scene, like jesus like cockroaches are everywhere they have kind of cyclops visors on they have mm -hmm. 
that red band. Yeah, know. it does look like Cyclops. Um, but yeah, and uh, some of the other, they did a, uh, DC did an adaptation of um, The Killing Joke. I don't know if you ever read that one or not. That's a... Uh, I didn't read it. I watched that and that got a lot of acclaim, but I don't, I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't enjoy watching that animated movie as much as I liked these. Mm -hmm. Now with it, the comic was, is pretty short and um, they did, they added a lot of new stuff to it. So I remember if however long five or so years ago that that it came changes out. the origin story of the joker as we know it doesn't it I he's a failed so. comedian basically yeah 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 which they kind of use that in joker um you know the movie um right he doesn't fall into a vat of acid no 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 but uh but as i remember with that there were people who were you know, people are always going to be upset no matter what. But there were people that were critical of it because they they added in all this new stuff just kind of to increase the, you know, to make it a feature length story, I think. And some people didn't like, you know, I remember liking it, but I don't remember a whole lot about it. But I read that one also. I like the I like the origin story of the Joker falling into a big vat of like industrial solvent and coming out with uh you know his face is is he's all skin is all bleached out and his hair's green and that 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 isn't costumery that he does that and, and he's totally bonkers mm -hmm. i think in the comic book the the permanent grin was also part of like the chemical effect but if, and of course in burton's batman it's a bad plastic surgeon trying to repair mm -hmm. his face and that's as good as he can get yeah there's something so primary colors and comic booky about an origin story like that that the, the then to, to sort of make it all psychological and be like well no he's a failed comedian i, I just kind of like my big vat of acid you know you go into there's a transformative moment like he's a bad guy but then there is this transformative moment where he emerges instead of dying he emerges as something the butterfly comes out of the you know as something totally new mm -hmm. and that really fits in the batman universe two-face i feel like there's a lot batman himself right falls down the well the bats is this idea of the other side of the coin mm -hmm. right what that which didn't kill us made us stronger but it also made us something totally bizarre you know yeah. I feel like I, that's one of the things I love about the Batman franchise. And you can't have a thing run decades and decades and decades without it evolving. But I kind of like that original Tim Burton Batman that it stuck with that idea of, of there being a kind of a horrible, a grisly transformative moment that not only made the hero, but made the villains. Oh, yeah. And I think you, to me, the best superhero movies, comic book movies, you, if you try to make it too realistic and too serious, it sucks some of the fun out of it, out yeah. of it to me. You know, yeah. the falling in the vat of acid thing couldn't happen, you know, in real life uh, in that way. But in a comic book, you know, it works. And to try to, I don't know. I I, th I I just think some of the enjoyment is is stripped away when you try to make it too much. Uh, and that enjoyment, that. that fun stays in the Burton one. I mean, it is macabre yeah. for mm -hmm. sure. It does touch on the macabre, but he's got, you know, he has an electrifying hand buzzer yeah. that it kills people high voltage. And there's the scene where Batman gets away and, and the Jack Nichols and Joker's like, where does he get those wonderful toys? He's so jealous. You know? Well, and they have the thing that, you know, maybe taken from this where, uh, uh, where we see this um, when you were talking about when he's at the Conan O'Brien thing and the 
the things fly over and it releases this gas and it causes everybody to have the Joker smile. Yeah. And they do that in the 89 with Smilex, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's so, right. You know, that was another thing that, that I'm, I imagine was just borrowed, you know, straight from this. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I will say, uh, and I don't want to give anything away with the Batman since you haven't seen it yet, but I would like it would be fine if they would do a Batman movie where they just don't even talk about his parents. It's just like, God, we've, you know, what I mean? he's in this, he's 55 and he's still, you know, yeah. how old was he? Like yeah. eight or 10 or something. Like I was that. just you having know? that thought. I was just having that thought about the Nolan ones. It's like, we all know the origin story. We don't need yeah. to see it again. How many Batman movies have we watched? Like, does anybody just want to Batman? Hmm. Wonder what that's about. <laughs> you know, yeah. everybody gets it. And yeah, I like that he didn't. That... I like that he didn't have a Joker origin in his mm -hmm. second film. Uh, I like that that part of that vision of the Joker is it's almost purely nihilistic. Like there is no there is no joker's lair he doesn't have an army of right that's all too organized he's yeah. not you know what i mean yeah. uh and we don't have that origin story because that's scarier and he's really just supposed to be so unpredictable that it that it's super scary and i thought that was effective i don't think we needed bane's origin story no right it didn't really explain anything we get that he's this big jacked up guy and he's wearing some sort of a mask all of that's creepy i mean you could i what i love with the jokers he explained different times how he got his smile and it was a different story every time right and you realize mm -hmm. oh he's this is not a guy who's gonna tell you the truth about anything like that's not what he does and, you know, I was reading some the origin stuff and, you know, some of that is um, that, you know, movies are being made for China now. Yeah. Um, and in, in some cases they haven't, you know, they haven't seen the nine movies sure. that came before. But I imagine at this point, people in China know the Batman origin story and they know the Spider-Man origin story. But when when the Batman came out, I was re just reading you know, people's comments about it. And there were some people that were talking about, um, you know, that Justice League wasn't very good. And they said, and there were people like, well, they didn't, uh, they didn't set it up. They didn't do all the other origin movies. And it's like, do they, I mean, if they could have so just exhausting. done justice. It's just like, everybody knows Batman. Everybody knows Superman. Everybody knows Wonder Woman. Yeah. And even if you could, I mean, I I think that the general public knows who the Flash is, but all you have to do is just be like, he runs fast. You know, right. I mean, it's like that's that all makes you me think of that. There's a scene in in Ultron, which is not the best of the Avengers movies, where Captain America is talking to not Agent Coulson. I forget what her character's name is, but she's basically um, Nick Fury's right hand. Yeah, yeah, woman. I can't think of what her name is either. And she's they've encountered the Red Witch and uh, uh and Quicksilver Vision. on the battlefield. Oh, Quicksilver, yeah, yeah. And and she's explaining that they're you know they're enhanced. And is she, and, and he's like, what's their deal? And he, he's like, well, she's got paranormal, you know, and she explained and he's got a metabolic, you know, process that exceeds whatever. And Captain America stops and looks at her like, you know, in English, please. And, mm -hmm. and she takes a minute and she's like, he's fast and she's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's all you yeah. need. You don't need, you know. Especially with he's the big guy can turn into metal, right? This guy's got claws and the heels when you heard him. Like, yeah, it's all baloney. How much and I do know, you need to know? And I know I've I know I've I've probably said this a dozen times on the show, but you go to the original Star Wars, and there wasn't a bunch of setup with all the you know, Luke's Trade, the farm boy. Exactly. He, he he you know, he's the chosen one. He goes to a bar and, well, you know, he has Obi-Wan Kenobi, who's the good old wizard. 
he goes to a bar and meets Han Solo, who's a pirate. You know, we don't the rogue guy. We don't we don't have a right. flashback to right. him when he was a kid or him robbing somebody or whatever. And the, then you've got a princess. We don't need to know. She's a princess. She's we've the got, princess. He's the princess. We've got Darth Vader. He's the evil wizard. So he's That's the dark he, knight, right? He's yeah. the black knight. So you didn't have to have, I mean, eventually we got these, but you didn't, going into that movie, nobody was just like, man, I, I don't, what's going on? I'm confused. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. Like, if only we would had seven other movies to explain who these characters are. No. When, when I was, was a kid, the, the biggest confusing thing for me was like the bad guys wore white outfits and the yeah, good yeah, guys yeah. wore black and gray. And I was like, wait, aren't they the good guys? Why are they not wearing white? I guess that was so Darth Vader stood out as really, really bad in the all black, you know. Well, and Princess Leia is wearing white. Yeah, that's that's so true. You get your your main chess pieces are the color that you would expect them to be in an old but, you black know, and white western prior to the avengers i mean i would argue that the general public didn't know the avengers characters nearly as well as the justice league characters i mean everybody knew the incredible hulk because of the lou ferrigno show you know right. um but the general public didn't know i mean i know they made it you know they made a couple of of movies with iron man but the you know that when when iron man was made that was viewed as a big gamble because people yeah. didn't it was like people don't know this character you know we don't really need the origin story of iron man though really no no really I he's mean, a rich guy that you know spider-man um, is the one marvel character with an origin story that feels like a dc origin story you know he yeah got bitten by a radioactive spider he's a high school right. kid and that you know gamma ray radioactive spider gave him spider powers and that's as deep as you, you don't need a whole movie about that no. although they've done a few of them yeah yeah have you and seen have you seen spider-man i i still haven't and i was just oh, reading man. today gotta about talk about spider-man uh, i was just reading today that it's hitting streaming um and i was like oh great i'll watch it on disney plus well, it's a Sony movie. Uh, Sony is, you know, it was a joint venture with Sony, but Sony owns it. So it won't go on Disney plus. It's going to, at some point it's going to be on Netflix because they made a deal with, with Netflix. But right now it's like, you have to pay 20 bucks to see it or whatever. So I'll wait a little while until I thought, I thought it was a lot of fun considering mm -hmm. I am starting to experience fatigue with these comic yeah. book movies, just no matter how good they are. I'm yeah. It, it is all one, you know, they're all variations on chocolate ice cream. It's like, you can only eat so much. I love it. There's only so much chocolate ice cream you can eat before you start getting a little tired of it. And I think the new Dr. Strange looks like it might be interesting. I, I can't say that I'm excited about it. You know, it's like, I, I would say I want to see the with, Batman, but I'm not. Yeah, here's what I would say about, the, about it. Here is what I would say about the Batman. And I've talked to a couple of other people who are kind of in the same boat with the uh, with the superhero fatigue. The Batman feels like a movie. Um, whereas. The Marvel films, even the really great ones feel like disposable entertainment. Yeah. You know, that it's just like, like a roller coaster one. And then, yeah, I'm going to watch like the a roller coaster one. ride. And yeah. then if you own the ride, you're like, oh, I want to go ride that one again. And you do. And you go, whoo, still fun. You know, the Nolan Dark Knight movie, even though I have there, are, I have criticisms of it, but that's a movie that 20 years from now, people will still be watching. And as just this is a really great film. Um Whereas I don't know that people, these Marvel and a lot of the, you know, stuff like Aquaman, stuff like that. Is anybody going to care about these movies in 20 years other, beyond, oh, I saw that when I was a kid and I have nostalgia. But Aquaman it, you know? was terrible. Was and terrible. I like Jason Momoa. Right. I like the actor. Yeah. Um, whereas but I thought the a, Wonder Woman movie was not terrible. It wasn't, yeah. it's not going to go down in the great whatever's. It was corny, but it was fun. And Aquaman was just a series of like 
What is happening? Yep. Like, who I decided this? I thought Aquaman was borderline unwatchable. They're all I mean, sitting there. There's a scene terrible. where they're one half of they're having a face off and one half of the army is on seahorses, giant seahorses. And the other army is on sharks. And mm-hmm. the thought I had was. There's too much to start with here, but I'll just pick I'll just the first thing that hits me in the face is that's not how sharks work. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, I don't care how much you control like sharks are the animals that can't stop moving forward because they don't, they can't respirate with, they propel themselves through the water so that the water passes through the can't sit still while they're waiting for you to charge. Those sharks, my friend are suffocating. You're suffocating those sharks. And you know, you've got Willem Dafoe in it and you know, it must've paid him a lot of money because that movie made almost $1.2 billion. You know, and it's just, and you know, of course, another one's being made because it know, made one point two billion dollars. Yeah, because yeah, it made one point two billion dollars. So, so I don't know, but, but, like I say, when uh, I can't wait till you see it, so we can talk about it. But the Batman, it's just, it feels like a film, and not just like, oh, we're just setting up something else, you know, right. where right. they're. The, the, and again, I enjoy the Marvel, Marvel movies, but they're just kind of like modern day serials or something. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. just like you go and then, oh, this, I've got a cliffhanger for the next thing, you yeah. know? And, and I that, think that first, the, the first 10 years of the MCU was quite a, a feat of filmmaking to take oh, yeah. serial this silly and somehow get audiences invested in over the, that, the size of the tapestry that that wove with the number of different characters. Um, but now that, that um, you know, now that we've had some main characters retire from it and we're, we're sort of looking at this sort of quote unquote phase two or whatever they're calling it. Getting into the B and C characters. It's, you know, uh, characters. You, know you can't, you run a marathon and you think that was amazing. I can't believe I did it. And, you know, I know some people do this. This is a bad metaphor, but you know, you can't just then run another marathon and then we're just run a third one. You're just keep running. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. Like we, yeah, you did it now do something new. Don't just do more with different people. Cause it feels watered down. And I like the people, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I like the Scarlet way. I liked that TV show i liked um some of the weird stuff fun they had with that but you can't just metastasize that endlessly forever they're gonna right? try they are gonna they're, they're gonna, well they're, they're doing gonna, it they're, they're, they're doing, doing it. it that all said but i'm not I'm, watching it <laughs> i'm going to watch the uh i haven't watched all the shows i've really only Scarlet Witch, the Vision and Scarlet Witch was, or WandaVision was really the only one that I watched all the way through. Loki was kind of fun sometimes. Yeah, I started it and I never, I started it and I never finished it. I I enjoyed what I watched. Yeah, I need to go back. But, um, but I am going to watch Moon Knight because that was a comic that I really liked as a kid. So I'm kind of cautiously optimistic that that, because it is, could be kind of different, but. um, Who is, uh, who is playing that? It's Oscar, Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Which he's like really him. good. Yeah, he's you know. really good. But there That's was a, a hard one. To, Moon Knight's a hard one to do. Moon Knight's weird. It's real weird. Yeah. And it was it, it was always kind of labeled as a Batman ripoff. Uh-huh. But it, it's just like Batman, but he just wears white. And it's it's really not. I mean, it's there's quite a bit of because he's insane. I mean, it's not just uh, and he has multiple personalities, you know, so it's not just the bat you know he dresses up like somebody else he's he's insane so did we ever did you watch legion on fx did we ever talk about that you know what yeah we did talk about it i watched what was it like three seasons yeah i watched i definitely watched the first season and maybe some of the second season i I really liked it it just the first was, season was really strong and the second season got really mired down in its own, you know, it's kind of chasing its own tail. And, and it was the, slow, it, you know, it, it carried that into the third season, but it did finish strong. It, okay. I think by the time they realized, okay, there's not going to be a season four of this. We need to drive this home. 
it came back into focus and it finished strong. It was a uh, whether neat or not, show. Yeah, whether or not you, I thought the first season was was great. There was so yeah. much style. And then season two was all style and no substance. And you're like, mm-hmm. really, I think I might just turn this off. I don't, I was watching into the gym. So I was like, it's, if I turn it off, I'm just going to be staring at the treadmill readout. Yeah. I don't have everything else to watch. Yeah. I enjoyed the direction of it. And, you know, he's a good actor and, and all that. So, and they had but... fun with how weird that character is. And yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so for, uh, so about this, it sounds like you would recommend it. Yeah, I think, you know, this isn't going to be for everybody because it's it's funny. I was reading uh, reviews on Amazon and there are all these people who had like either rented it or bought the actual, you know, movie and they were mad because they didn't know it was animated. They thought oh. it was, you know, I think they thought it was going to be the dark, you know, the Nolan Dark Knight. They're like, this is a cartoon. I thought this was going to be, you know, real. So there are some people that would would probably never watch this because it's uh animated but i mean i i would say this is one of the best batman films you know period um yeah i don't know that i would agree with that it's certainly of all the many 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 batman animated films and dc animated films uh this is one of my favorite of those yeah yeah so i mean if you're into uh animated like literal cartoon movies um and if you ever read the comic and were into it yeah i think you would just eat this up because it's just such a you know just a straight adaptation of it uh they they did a really great job i i feel so yeah i would i would recommend it um if you don't like superheroes you're not gonna you're not gonna like this yeah i I have to be in the in the mood to watch an animated movie and that Mm -hmm. even goes for pixar like there's just almost a different gear in my mind for i'm um, the same yeah i feel like yeah animation that'd be cool or "Mm, not tonight so i mean if you if you know that this is a cartoon it's an animated film um and you're into batman i'd be like yeah this is this is one of the best of if not the i haven't watched them all so i don't feel like i'm qualified a gazillion of them i know there's so many um some are good some are not Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you are listening to us in the podcast, hello. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, what are we going to do next time? We've talked about a do, number of things. Are we going to do Birdman? I think, I think, I, I think I do want to do Birdman. Um, I last time I looked, there's nowhere free to stream it. So that's a rental if you're okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's um, fine. And for people who haven't seen Birdman, it is not a superhero movie. It is a is Michael Keaton who had played a superhero named Birdman. He's an actor in the film. Right. So it's so and it's absurd really about and it's magical realism. And it's a I mean, it's just it's 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 just a little bit of everything i guess it's a drama more than anything else but it's it is about it is about an actor like michael keaton who got famous for playing a character like batman called birdman and now is trying to kind of reignite his career and is has mental health things he's going through and I remember seeing it when it came out and and walking out of there being like, wow, I haven't seen it since. And I, I don't know, all this Batman stuff has made me want to revisit something that is sure clearly capitalizing on the superhero movie thing, but it's it is not a superhero movie. And it takes place mostly or maybe even entirely within a so he's he's acting in a play and it's it's a theater and m- movies that you know that's a subgenre of a subgenre i guess but movies that take place in the theater i've always found really interesting yeah um, it is really interesting it doesn't so, all take place they go to the bar and he's outside yeah, that's true but but a lot of it mostly this, yeah he's deciding he wants to produce himself in this broadway drama and there's a lot of skepticism because oh the birdman guy is doing this right so and he's taking big risks and he feels like it's his whole career on the line and he's a little bit nuts anyway and i guess Mm -hmm. he's got a daughter and there's a relationship thing with his daughter and it's 
a lot, but it, there's also what I love about it is there is this sort of magical realism that, uh, you know, not unlike some of the stuff that uh, Del Toro plays with that. Mm -hmm. I think it just is woven so well. I, I'm eager to see if I enjoyed it now as much as I did then. You've never seen it. You have. You've no, seen I've, it. I've, I think I've seen it a couple of times. I definitely oh, saw it. I didn't see it in the theater more than me, but I saw it when it first came out on video or whatever. And I watched it another time at, at some point, but, but it's been several years since I've seen it. I think if memory serves, Michael Keaton had sort of not, had been away. He hadn't yeah, been doing much. And so he yeah, kind of, this was him kind of coming back right to the screen and of course he's been doing a lot of stuff since then mm -hmm. but yeah. um you know it there was, so there was that double harmonic of like casting michael keaton as a guy that played a big popular role and then sort of vanished and michael keaton being a guy that played a big <laughs> popular role and sort of vanished it was meta exactly. in that way uh, to to great effect if i remember correctly so why don't you join us and check out birdman especially if you haven't seen it i think it's well worth watching absolutely and um that's what we'll do for next time do you Sounds have anything wonderful else you want to add for the i don't moment? think so all right well then on that note we will talk to you next week